This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what is up? <sighs> Living the life. You know, it's uh, good good and bad. We, we've got it all. I was in Cincinnati. That was great. Um, dog's a little sick, you know. Hopefully he's okay. We're we're monitoring, take him to the vet and everything. But, uh, you know, concerned dog dad uh, is my current state. That's the way to be. Um, I know you've had a really busy weekend. You were in Cincinnati. How was your trip to Cincinnati? Oh, it was great. I mean, I uh, I did, every time I go, I, I, you know, get the grippos and I do all of the generic this is like i gotta get grippos i gotta get um some rheingeist beer and uh, i did that the fun part was i went to king's island for the first time since two i was there in like 2018 but it was also a halloween thing so we only rode like two rides and did the haunted houses and we got there late because we we're there for that part but uh so not a ton done that time and I went there in like 2000 and I went there in 2010 because I went to a preseason game and it was the Teocho year. Uh, oh. So that's how I can remember what year I went. And then the first time ever I went, or no, I went to the water park in 2010 as well, but it's way different now. And um, I think the biggest thing from the trip is what cool technology that there is now a water slide that you get into, they close it around you and they drop the floor out and you just fall through. <laughs> No, it was awesome. It was so cool. You sent that one out. That's a <laughs> one of them broke down. Nobody, not, not like while somebody was in there, but one was just like, oh, the floor won't drop anymore. So we just have one running. <laughs> nope. You had the blue ice cream though. I did. Oh, I forgot to mention I had the blue ice cream. It was great. Is it like blueberry? I, I have no idea. It's definitely not vanilla. And I wasn't trying to a connoisseur with those like oh good this ice cream i will say my main complaint about king's island why is it a dollar 30 to add sprinkles to that i mean big reason i didn't do it i was like a quarter sure 50 cents i'm not even surprised i'm not even surprised because they know they can they're like look we'll charge this for the blue ice cream but if you want sprinkles to make it even better we can add a dollar 30 that's no problem at all because people are going to be here they're going to be with their kids the kids are going to want sprinkles the kids will force the sprinkles i didn't see too many adults with it (laughs) it's an easy 130 for them so 
I don't, I don't blame them. But no, it looked like a really good time. And uh, it, it's great when the weather, you know, cooperates. And you went to Rheingeist. Did you go check out the rooftop? Have you been here since the rooftop and everything? Um, I guess you I didn't go to the rooftop last time I was there, but I went this time. I went to the rooftop mm -hmm. and hung out there. What a cool brewery. I love it. I also went yes. to um, 50 West for a little bit. That was a, also a really cool spot, but it was a little bit overrun by kids because it was like 6 p.m. And I think all the parents go there because you can get, get a burger, get a drink, and let the kids just go uh, run around, play volleyball or whatever. <laughs> it was great, though. A lot of dogs. That was fun meeting those. I love 50 West. They have a great burger. It's funny you say that because right before we recorded a podcast, one of their tweets was on was on my timeline and it was like this new lemonade beer that they're going to have. And I'm like, yes, 100%. It's going to be 90s in Cincinnati this weekend. It sounds great. 50 West is a good place to go. Well, that's good. I'm glad you had a really great time and, and you're home safe. And uh, now you're going to be planning your next trip, maybe to Cincinnati. Would you ever, we've talked about some of the, you know, one game a year that you normally like to go to. And, and I think you, you said Bills this year, right? That is what I'm looking at is the Bills game. Looks juicy. If you were to take one road game outside of where you kind of, where you live, that wouldn't be fair. <laughs> but another road game for the Cincinnati Bengals, where would you go this year? Um, I mean, quickly looking. I mean, like the Browns is an easy one because I don't live that far, but I'm not gonna do that one. Uh I mean Tennessee would be cool. October, it wouldn't be too bad. And then the other one that's with it, if I'd want to spend the money for it, would be the Jaguars game because uh, going to Florida in December sounds like a great break from the winter. Um, I don't know how that pool in the stadium works, but maybe I could get a, a pool. <laughs> I assume you don't sit there the entire time. I'll be pruned. But they do, though. Most people do. Oh, okay. Well, I might just, you know, become the pool if I could. But, yeah, those two look great uh the kansas city one obviously it sounds perfect i just mm -hmm. i don't i don't think i'd want to go that late in the year where it's gonna be freezing cold and it's um what it's new year's eve spending that in kansas city without people i know yeah there's there's some issues with that one so i think those other two are nicer uh i mean like opening day against the browns probably isn't that bad i just i don't know i've been to cleveland what's the excitement Cleveland, man. Every time I think about Cleveland, it's just rainy and cloudy. Um, <laughs> Even like but, uh, September 7th or whatever. Yeah, I don't believe that they know the sun is how to shine in Cleveland. But uh, no, Nashville is is an easy one. I think that's, you know, a no-brainer. That's actually the one I'm definitely going to this year. I went last year. It was a really cool experience. And that was really when Cincinnati turned their season around. And it felt like Tennessee never really won another game after that, which is wild. And I could be wrong. They may have uh, secured one more towards the second half of the season. But besides that one, low-key, I like. Arizona. I love going to Arizona for spring training. They do play the Cardinals. It's it's in the Glendale area, so I wouldn't want to stay in Glendale. I'd probably want to stay in Scottsdale. I think that's a, a highlight trip, but having nine home games and only seven games on the road, which I'm a huge fan of, um, it's going to be nice just to see all the different games at Paycor Stadium. Like we said on the last podcast when we were talking about that Thursday night flex, it does feel like that Monday, that Minnesota game will probably get changed. Maybe that's maybe that's a maybe that's a Thursday night game at Paycor Stadium, or maybe that's later in the afternoon. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to road trips this year, I would say Arizona would be really fun, but I'd have to hop on a plane. Nashville, it's a drive away. 
I will be completely honest when it comes to the AFC North road games. I've been to Cleveland once. It was a terrible experience. Um, I'm never going to. <laughs> the fans going, or was it you just not finding? It was the fans. Yeah. It was the fans. I've heard, I've heard of that, that their fans, their fans get a little bit uh, too wild, dumping beers on people and whatnot. Yeah. It wasn't a good experience. And I mean, I just don't want to go to Cleveland, the city. Um, no, sorry, Cleveland. Uh, but uh, no, I'm not. But Pittsburgh, um, I probably wouldn't go to the stadium. I mean, I'm sure fans are fine. I was actually, they were really nice to me the one time I went, but they also won like 42 to seven. So yeah, so it was probably a good experience for them, but I, nothing against Pittsburgh fans. I just, I don't really have, I probably wouldn't go to that game. I kind of want to go to Baltimore Ooh, because I Thursday think their, night. Stadium, their stadium would be really cool. Um, you know, again, never experienced a Baltimore Ravens game or a Bengals Baltimore game on the road. So I don't know what that's like. And it is in prime time, if that makes any difference. Um, but yeah, I just really never, for me personally, I don't want to go to any AFC North games. I like them at home, but on the road, I'd probably not go to be completely honest with you. I agree. I think I would have a worse experience in Pittsburgh if I went this year and the Bengals win 42 to seven, they're probably not going to like seeing, you know, you get the anger of just like, ah, I hate that team. You see somebody wearing their Jersey cheering for every touchdown. It's like, I hate that guy too. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you for the most part. I think, I would probably pick Cleveland out of any, even though you had a bad experience. I mentioned that I think their fans can be a little bit much. I lived there for six months, so it would be kind of cool to go back. Well, I lived just outside, but yeah, the, cool to go back and do some of those things. And uh, well, not much else, but you know, just see that. Uh, we didn't mention what there's the 49ers game. We didn't mention to me, that's just, if I'm going to fly on a plane, I'm, I want to go to Florida instead. Well, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't stay. Here's the thing about the San Francisco game. It's in Santa Clara. Well, I think it's in Santa Clara now. I can never keep up with where all of the teams in California are actually playing. But I will say that it's a little bit out. It's outside of San Francisco. So you're not you don't have to stay in San Francisco. I've been there once. I, I don't really need to go back again. Um, I'd like to go to Napa. I'd make it like a weekend. It's in Santa Clara. I would make it a weekend trip. Go to Napa, go check out places, you know, outside of that area and then go to the game on that same exact day. But other than that, I mean, you're like, you're right. If you're flying all the way out to California, you know, I don't know. I'd rather just go go to the Arizona game, even though that would be a good game. The Bengals Niners would be a great game. It should Mm -hmm. be a good game. Yeah, actually, the Cardinals game should stink. Like that—that that is the one issue with saying. Be a homecoming game, you know, one of those homecoming games where you play someone and you're like, even though it's on the road, you're like, you're going to play somebody you think you're going to beat, and you're going to travel to that game today. You know what? They should win against the Arizona. They should beat the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think Arizona's favored in any of their games this year. Um, it's pretty sad, but um, well, they play the Rams wait. twice. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Rams – okay, tell me this about the Rams because I feel like it's just 50-50 split. Some people are like, this is a bounce-back year for the Rams, and I just Who's feel like they, they, went, they went all in on the Super Bowl year. They yeah, went all like, in. They're like, oh, Matthew Stafford's going to be healthy. They're going to be better. It's all going to be um, – for me, I'm like, they, they had the one year. They got the ring. Credit to them. They got the Super Bowl ring. But it just really kind of feels like it's over. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, like, props, it worked. You sold out for the ring, but you sold out mm-hmm. for the ring. And I mean, part of that is also quarterback doesn't seem the same. Some people might think he just bounces right back. But even if he does, 
man, the offense is worse. The offensive line is much worse. You know, Whitworth is gone. The guys that they kept don't seem great. Corbett doing great in Carolina. They haven't really done a good job replacing him. And then everybody's getting older. Cup is coming off a major injury. And you look at the defense, like you lose Ramsey. It already wasn't, you know, like you lost Von Miller. Um, <laughs> you lost both safeties. It's, it's just, you look at that defense, it's like, oof. Even if the offense is pretty good, they're probably still 7-10, and 10, just like mm-hmm. one of those Drew Brees carrying the Saints type deals. <laughs> and I don't think the offense is going to be good enough for that with the offensive line as it is. So, yeah, I would – I think Arizona might be better. Like Really? The main thing that's stopping me is probably the coaching difference that Sean McVay is just going to, you know, he's going to get – some wins and whatnot from just being Sean McVay while the Cardinals have a rookie head coach and Jonathan Gannon. And I don't care too much about the pre thoughts of him. I know most people don't think it's great, but look, I mean, a lot of times you, you end up saying Hugh Jackson was the best hire of the cycle and Doug Peterson was a mistake. And then one wins a super bowl and the other one goes Oh, and 16. So I don't think we know too much. Um, not to say I would have hired Jonathan Gannon, just, I would have hired Luana Rumo, but it's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're pretty even to me. Every time I, th- I think about that, and who's the other team? Rams, Cardinals. So Seahawks would be fine. <laughs> so there's not an easy Seahawks, man, they can be – nobody's really t- – I mean, nobody. I'm saying nobody. But people. I, I would say the Seahawks are a sleeper right now for a lot of people. I mean, they went to the playoffs last year. Yeah. No, I like the Seahawks. I don't – I mean, I think it's San Francisco's division to win, but mm-hmm. – Oh, NFC West breakdown. Who is the worst? Three hey, Rams? Must be nice. Rams must Cardinals. be nice. Here's my hot take. And I know we talked about the divisions last week on last week's podcast when it was like uh, the AFC East reminds me a lot of the AFC West hype. Mm-hmm. I still feel, and maybe there's a lot of bias in this because it is a Bengals podcast. I feel like the AFC North is still the best in, in the AFC. I truly do. I think it prepares Cincinnati. And I know Zach Taylor's talked about it before. I think it prepares them for the playoffs. I, I truly, truly do. And I think it's extremely important. And that division, look, the it, I feel like it's I, I I'm kind of given the same hype that the AFC East is getting. Would I be surprised if there's three teams out of that division going to the playoffs? No, but health is a you know a huge concern too in the AFC North. What's that going to look like for all four teams? Um, but I'm I don't know. I feel like it's a very physical division, and it and it really helps Cincinnati when it comes to to that tough stretch. AFC North is a very unique division in that they still play the smash mouth football. It feels like the refs kind of swallow the whistle and let them really hit each other a little bit. Uh, I always like when there's like an AFC North primetime game, and the other uh, teams like not in the division fans are like, oh my goodness, <laughs> no, like oh. This is, uh, I thought we got rid of this. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you guys might have, but not in the AFC North. You know, if you think of the best nose tackles in the league, there's probably like three of them in the AFC North at all times. <laughs> Maybe not right now, actually. You know, I got Reader, but Alu Alu didn't do as well as uh, people hoped in Pittsburgh. And I, oh, uh, Travis Jones is in uh, Baltimore. Young guy. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I just, when I think about classic nose tackles, even though, uh, not to just make this a nose tackle podcast, Domata Pecco, you know, big one there. We're all fans. But then, you know, you've got some 
underrated. Well, you got Haloti Nada, who's uh, maybe a fringe Hall of Fame type. I love that he hit Ben Roethlisberger once. Uh, <laughs> and um, Casey Hampton, big one for the Steelers, underrated for a long time. Uh, Nick, I said it at the same time. I, I'm giving myself credit. No, I thought you saw Nick's. I thought you saw Nick's note. That's why you said it. I was looking off in this direction because I was trying to remember. I think what like up left is remembering, and then I looked Whoa. over. I was like, Ah, oh, Nick said it. <laughs> at least for me, I always look That's up good. into the left when I'm trying to remember a name. I could remember the face. I was like bald, a <laughs> uh, big bald guy. But yeah, I, I don't know. They're a really physical division. It's really fun to be part of a unique division like that. I think looking around how many other divisions can you think of that are even similar like in the nfc i think the closest you get is weirdly enough probably the nfc north uh maybe it's something just about that cold weather midwest feel that makes these guys extra angry or something you know it's like it's snowing it's miserable (laughs) and we're not even on the coast we're not coastal elites the reason i like it i'm gonna wrap this segment up is because I think that you could be a rookie on day one and you understand the rivalry with your with your with this division and just how tough it is. And and Jamar Chase, like he he knew right away. Like he was upset when he couldn't play in any if he if he wasn't healthy to play in an, in a division game, like, oh man, I want to be out there. I want to say the last Steelers game they played in because he knew like, oh, we don't like these guys. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love um how that really just as soon as you from day one, you understand that that the AFC North just feels like a, a real tough division. And I don't know if you can say that in the AFC West just because Kansas City pretty much owns it. And I know Justin Herbert's over there. It just doesn't feel like there's a lot of competition, to be completely honest. It always feels like Kansas City's gonna take it no matter what. So I don't know. It's fun to talk about because you know what? It's almost June 1st and we're still in off-season program mode, phase two. We're going to talk a little more about that with Tyler Boyd showing up on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Off-season program continues phase two for the Cincinnati Bengals. I was really surprised today. Not not a bad way. I think it's it's awesome because one of their leaders in the wide receiver room, Tyler Boyd, showed up, and there were some images from some of the beat writers there. And I think they said, "Oh, Zach Taylor was was pre- pleasantly surprised to see Tyler Boyd when he was walking on the practice field." And you know, he pretty much said, "Hey, I miss these guys. I wanted to be back." Eighty-seven of eighty-nine players on this roster 
they were in attendance today at Paycor Stadium. Cheeto Ouzier, he wasn't there, but he was there last week. Obviously, he's rehabbing the ACL injury. Jonah Williams wasn't there. Still feel like he's going to be there for the mandatory stuff. But um, but I'm just extremely impressed over the last three years, honestly, last three off seasons, to be completely honest with this whole team when it comes to these voluntary workouts and, and just seeing these guys show up. Yeah, and this is another year in a row that they basically everybody to the voluntary workouts. Cheeto obviously recovering with the ACL injury and uh, Jonah Williams is not there because he's going to show up for mandatory stuff, just like Jesse Bates last year. So he'll be the one whenever they get down to that part where it's like one person's not there and you'll know who it is because it was the same last year with uh, Jesse Bates, as long as he's there for mandatory. And um, I guess my one issue with the Jonah Williams thing is he should probably be getting a lot of practice in on the right side since he might have to make that switch. But all things considered, it's kind of expected. Yeah, um, Yeah, I just think, it's great to have such high attendance. I don't, I'm not enough of a degenerate to know, like do other teams around the league, do they get 98% or so of their guys to show up for uh, all voluntary stuff? I have no idea. I think you could look around the league at a lot of teams and I want to say Justin Jefferson isn't there. And obviously this is a contract off season for him. You know, that stuff is extremely important. That's why I'm still surprised and in a great way that you have CT Higgins out there um, mm-hmm. that he's been there for the majority of this off season program because he wants to be with the team. And like this team feels it's free practice. You, you want to get these reps in and, and Zach really kind of, has a set schedule for these guys. And I think the players admire that communication that their head coach has with them when it comes to how these practices and the planning goes. And it's important when you're one of the top teams in the AFC to see that. But I think if you were to go around the whole entire league, there are plenty of big name players that, that haven't showed up yet. I'm not putting Jonah Williams in that category, but overall, I think for attendance wise, um, the, the Cincinnati Bengals have one of the top numbers when it comes to the turnout for it, because a lot of players look, it's a business. Um, even Joe Burrow said a, a couple weeks ago when we, when we hear from him, we'll, we'll probably hear from him again when it gets to a training camp or maybe the extension time, he said, it's a business. He gets it. You know, he felt the same way with Jesse Bates last year. None of that stuff. I, I don't look too I don't look too much into. I know that social media likes to make it a bigger deal than what it is. Like, oh, Jonah Williams, not a team player. He is an out. <laughs> yeah, it's just we, it's, yeah, we're sitting at a point of the season or the offseason where it's like, okay, we're counting down the days until training camp, preseason right around the corner, and then we get regular season. It's 100 days until the season starts. So, yes, every single day we're trying to come up with something new, and, and I, I just don't think too much of it. I think Jonah will be there. But I think you do have a good point. Look, he's more than likely. Would I be surprised if it's Jackson Carmen? I, I would be shocked if it's Lyle Collins, even though the, that video from last week of him moving wasn't – incredible i'd be shocked if he's starting week one of the season just because that's a crazy turnaround time but hey i'd be all for it um but i think what jonah he does you know he needs to get those reps in and, and he'll be there for the mandatory stuff that happens in about two weeks uh they'll have that at paycor stadium for a couple weeks and then they'll go off into their break until they hit the field for training camp so that stuff's going to be important um you know when it comes to o-line depth and and what the rotation of that looks like but yeah i think it's it was pretty cool to see tv back out there and and you know he says he gets those locker room interviews are my favorite because he says he says how he feels. And, you know, he even brought up, hey, if I would have been out there, we, we would have won that. We would, you know, probably had a better shot of winning the AFC championship game like we've talked about, um, you know, brings up just great points. And, and people ask, you know, 
you know, you get Charlie Jones drafted. A lot of people say he plays the same position as you. And he's like, this is my home right now. And, and just kind of embracing his role. And I have no doubt that Tyler Boyd is taking Charlie Jones under his wing and just being the leader that he is. And that's what's so incredible about him. And I'm so pumped that these rookies will get to see Tyler Boyd, even though they've been working with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. But that's going to be awesome. If this is the last year for Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati, I just I hope I hope this is this is finally the year that they can get a ring because he's done so much for this team ever since he was drafted here. Yeah, send him out on top and then just be like, you know, we got you that ring. Now stay away yep. from uh Buffalo and Kansas City. And Pittsburgh. Don't go to it, Pittsburgh. It is his home. I feel a little bit better which maybe is blasphemy to some people, so I shouldn't say it. I wouldn't feel as bad if he went to Pittsburgh as I would Kansas City and Buffalo. It just could have been like, well, I guess he wanted to go home, you know, see, be close to the family and everything like that. But uh, I also don't know if he'd want to go to Pittsburgh. It doesn't seem like – I don't think he would. Seem like I mean, it's would. obviously wherever the money is you're going to go. Not to sure. say that all players are yeah. like that, but, but hey, go get that bag. Um, and it would be it would be a homecoming for him, but he just feels like someone who wouldn't he wouldn't want to go play for the Steelers. He's just said things that like uh, mm-hmm. like um, after that one game where he said Pittsburgh gave up. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, uh, maybe he's fine. Maybe maybe all it's all forgiven with some money. <laughs> uh, but uh, my first thought was uh, he talks a lot of smack on them for maybe that's like his. I don't know if it. It probably was, but I don't know if it was his childhood team, but maybe, you know, he just feels a little extra about that because they did have a chance to draft him and they skipped it. Mm-hmm. So uh, some guys take that a little bit more personally, like you should have taken me and I'm going to show you why. And then you know, that develops into like a little chip on the shoulder. So, you know, there's plenty of options in the NFC to look at. Uh, man. Philly went first to mind, but I'm like, I don't know if I love that. <laughs> like when the Bengals went out to play in the Super Bowl. It's better than anything else, though. Hey, go to Philly. You know, that's still in Pennsylvania. That's <laughs> not too far. Um, but yeah, no, I I mean, the writing's probably on the wall about this being his last year, unless Charlie Jones isn't the product we all think he probably is. Then um it's been a great run. I, I think he's been an awesome player and you do hope, as you said, send him out on top. Then hopefully not just a ring. Hopefully this is the year that all three hit a thousand hoping for a lot of uh, health with that. Because that's the main issue. Yeah, no, that would be absolutely incredible. But, uh, but yeah, just good, good, good vibes. Everybody seems to be having a really good time over at uh, their off season program. I always want to call it training camp, but they're not there yet. They're not even at mandatory camp yet. And a lot of people have to remember that. That's why that's pretty incredible because all this stuff is very voluntary. Um, You do not have to be there, but like Zach Taylor has said in the past, this is like free practice for these guys. They're getting these reps in and it's important getting ready for the 2023 season. Zach Taylor talked to the media today and, just kind of his championship mindset. I think whenever you hear from Zach Taylor, it's always refreshing because he doesn't say things just to say them. It's just really important, informative stuff that I always enjoy hearing. And you talked about Joe Mixon, more support with Joe Mixon. This is just pointing in the direction that Joe Mixon is going to be their running back. I would be shocked if he wasn't their running back come September. Um, but any other takeaways from from the just day of offseason program? Not really. Uh, I will say about the Joe Mixon thing is just we agree he is very, very much likely to be the starting running back and probably 50 plus 
percent of the carries or at least of the snaps so all of that considered when you're doing your like your fantasy football draft if it doesn't change i think he's pretty low for for what that is uh i was trying to look it up real quick where they have him just because i was curious because i think they ranked him as if you know zeke was signing and he was possibly a cut candidate That'll probably change whenever you get closer, but currently behind Jameer Gibbs in Detroit as the 21st running back ranked. So smash it for fantasy. I know you, you can only go up. When I... You can you can only go up. And, and honestly, and maybe maybe here I'm all for this situation. Here's how I want everything to play out. I love health. I want everyone to stay healthy. But here's the scenario with three people. I'm going to I'm going to bring up Jonah Williams is going to play his face off at right tackle. Mm-hmm. And this is his last year with the Cincinnati Bengals going to go get the bag. Tyler Boyd going to play his face off in the wide receiver room. Maybe his last year in Cincinnati. Joe Mixon going to have himself a year on the ground. Joe Mixon will be back for 2024. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is what might happen there with that part. But, uh, just, probably at a discount. Where, probably. I don't think hey, it markets. Not, not a problem. Place. I'm totally fine with it. But I want all of that stuff to happen. I want Tyler Boyd to have himself a year. And I want everyone to stay healthy in the meantime. But Jonah Williams, have a great year, right tackle. Joe Mixon, bounce back here. Get healthy right now. It seems great. Everything seems to be going really well when it comes to workouts and everything like that. I know it's been a really bumpy offseason for Joe Mixon. Um, and we don't know what that's going to look like when it comes to the season. You know, if there's any, I don't even know, like legal suspension or anything like that. So I'm not going to speak on what that outcome is going to be for him. But um, overall, I, I, I'd, I'd be I'd love to see a bounce back for all that conversation we've had about Joe Mixon and maybe they were going to be cutting him or, you know, he wasn't going to start and he was going to land somewhere else. Have they had the discussions about a pay cut? We don't know if that stuff is is finalized or if any of that stuff is happening behind the scenes when it's going to be final. Um, I would think that those discussions um, continued because they did start, but um yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. But yeah, everyone seems really down as far as fantasy football and all of that stuff when it comes to Joe Mixon. And I'm I'm here for him to just bounce back and get a run game going and, and maybe Chase Brown. What's Chase Brown going to look like with this offense if we see Joe Mixon from two years ago? I've been saying it. I think he is a spark guy. I think he's a guy you put in there when you need a spark. He has home run capabilities that nobody else on the team has at running back. Uh <clears throat> I think it's more so like you spell Mixon for a drive and it's a drive that, you know, maybe the last one just completely stalled out. You couldn't get anything moving and you're just, come on, go get us, you know, like if we can block this up, we might have an explosive play and they were low in explosive play rate last year. And there's more factors than that than just the running backs, but that was a, that was a factor to it. You know, Mixon and P Ryan, neither one's the fastest guy. Uh, so, and what did Chase Brown do great at Illinois when a play got blocked up? He had home run capability. You know, he could take it for 80 yards and a touchdown. So that's what I would look at is just he's a guy you're going to throw in there and try to get a spark, try to get an explosive play, just something along those lines. No idea how it's going to be as the passing down roll. It seems like that's Travion Williams in the inside track. I don't think it's impossible for Chase Brown to take that role, but he needs to get a little bit better at some of the things that come with pass protection. Great mind, not great technique. Uh, but if you can get better at that, you know, 
we're looking at, maybe I think your best case scenario is Nixon's your one A and he is completely the P Rhine, but with a lot of juice and not just very reliable. Yeah, I, I'm. I I can't wait to see what that looks like. But yeah, Travion, I can see him. I they're gonna carry three running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done it before. And, and they overall, carry four. Who's Chris Evans? Who I, oh, is he gone? I keep forgetting about Chris Evans. I just don't know. I don't even. Chris Evans is obviously there. He's yeah. part of the eighty-seven. I just we don't hear about him at all. No. I, I, like no, I think he played more snaps at wide receiver last year than he did running back, and neither one was very much. It was like fifteen. What game was it? The Kansas City Chiefs game when he had that catch, and we never saw him again. The only thing I remember time. is that they threw a slot fade to him in the Dolphins game while I was there, and I was befuddled that you did that to a five foot nine running back. It didn't work. It didn't. He had one catch, and we never saw him again. Um, I remember. I mean, he's, he's still present, but we just we. I, I want to say it was a Kansas City game, but I could be I'm wrong. I'm gonna try to find and, it for you real quick. You need to find it for me, and it just was like, okay, that was it with Chris Evans, and uh, and I just I don't know what I don't know what that looks like, and you know, could they hide Chris Evans on the practice squad? I don't know. Would another team say, let's see, let's roll the dice and see what Chris Evans can do in our running back room. I know he never really worked out in Cincinnati, but the potential is there. Um, but yeah, they, they do like to carry the running backs, man. They really do like to carry as many as possible. So maybe they do go for, and they're just like, all right, Chris Evans, this is, we're going to see what this looks like. Maybe this is your last year in Cincinnati, but we'll, we'll see what it will add you as the fourth running back. But now I'm intrigued to find out if it's, if it was the Kansas city game and it's going to bother me. Yeah. Great call. He had an eight-yard touchdown catch in the Kansas City game, and I did not remember that. No, we never saw him again. Never saw him again. No, he played uh, just special teams and then was completely inactive for the playoffs. He was inactive for the playoffs. See, I didn't mm-hmm. even catch that. Yeah, he wasn't in, He wasn't active for any of the three playoff games. Uh, nope, inactive, all three. He played – actually, he was inactive for the last two games of the season too, New England-Baltimore, but he was on special teams for the Tampa game. Made a yeah. tackle. That's well. It doesn't seem like the arrows pointing up. I know a lot of people love him. There's fans that are like, you know, rabid about Chris Evans, and I kind of get the idea where it's like, you know, the athleticism, you know, the excitement, yeah. the pass catching. The, this is a lot of like the ooh, imagine this running back that can run like a receiver when he's split outside. But then this is also where I come from, where I'm like, that's. A lot of that's just theory. It's so much theory because these coaches don't care. <laughs> they, they're not going to use them. They'll just go, I want a wide receiver to do that. Um, and they tried I, They tried it more than I thought they would. That slot fade against the Dolphins was an insane decision. They went back shoulder, I think, to the five foot nine running back. <laughs> it was like, put a wide receiver there. You'll probably catch it. And I do want to say this. One of the things we don't know, we don't know what happens at practice. We don't know what happened behind behind the scenes or how they feel about, you know, special teams players and other guys that were like, why is this guy not getting a shot? I mean, obviously the coaches are going to see them more at practice and maybe they're just not not seeing it at practice. Um, so they gave him a big shot in the Super Bowl, by the way, and he messed it up. He had a touchdown. Um, it was Oh, man, I hate to bring it up all the time. Rail route, Ooh. which is like a wheel route, a little bit tighter. And he mm-hmm. runs right into the linebacker and gets knocked off his course. And the ball just sail- 
if he just ran, he had so much space to the outside. If he just widened mm. out a little bit and avoided the linebacker, it was like a 60 yard explosive, super exciting touchdown. But instead he gets, he lets himself get hit and uh, the ball just goes into the ground. Not to make this hurt anymore. When was that? Um, what part of the game? Oh man. I think the third quarter, like it wasn't early. It, it might have been. They could have gone up a couple scores. Maybe second quarter. It was. It was still pretty tight. Uh, well, the game was tight the entire time, basically. Yeah, it I, was. I don't remember. I think it was later in the game because it felt like the offense was stalled out, and that would have been like the oasis in the desert of what was happening because the Rams were destroying the Bengals' offensive line. Uh, they made those adjustments at halftime. Not to let's not talk too much about the Super Bowl, but you know, the Rams made a lot of good adjustments, and they started stomping the Bengals' offense. And there was this play. And he just let himself get hit. I think it was a third down too. Like they had to punt after. We talked about the Rams more on this podcast than I think I've ever had. Like as far as the Rams team in general since the Super Bowl loss, because wow, we're all getting that, ready for Monday Night Football against Monday the Rams. Night Football. Yeah, they're going to show all those highlights just to make everybody feel great. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that makes me really bummed. I'm sorry, Chris Evans. That uh, that's unfortunate. I probably could have saved his his time in Cincinnati oh, even longer. That is one of those like butterfly effect things. Like if he widens out, catches that, and runs it for a touchdown, is is he like getting is 20, 30 percent of the snaps the next year at least to start until he can mess things up or something? But the the staff already seemed to have that negative opinion last year. <laughs> And then that happens, and I don't think he's seen the field much since. All right, well, we're going to move on. Uh, we are going to move on because I know all of that stuff. Everybody really loves to relive those moments in one of the biggest games of the Cincinnati Bengals career. Uh, but we'll move on to other topics on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We're not going to relive any more Super Bowl moments from that great L.A. afternoon when the Cincinnati Bengals lost to the Los Angeles Rams. We're going to move on. But I do want to talk around the NFL news because big topic on Friday, almost like a little news dump, was uh, DeAndre Hopkins was going to get released from the Arizona Cardinals. And you're like, why, why are you talking about that for? The Bengals had plenty of wide receivers in the room. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins isn't coming to Cincinnati. But two of the top teams, the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs, are two of the teams that have interest. I know there are others when it comes to AFC contenders, and I would even say on the NFC side, you could show Eagles maybe. I know that's a long shot. Dallas Cowboys, Detroit Lions could use a couple wide receivers right now. I think that would be kind of a fun offense. Definitely DeAndre should go to the NFC. But at the moment, it really looks like two of the teams, top of the race. I know money could be a factor if he wants money, even though he's going to make a nice little chunk of change um, from the Arizona Cardinals. They won't even be playing for them in the 2023 season. But if you were the Cincinnati Bengals and you're like, you know what? It'd be cool if DeAndre Hopkins didn't go to this team. Which offense is going to hurt the Bengals the most? Uh, if he goes uh, Chiefs, because they're better. <laughs> and they, That's true. They probably need the wide receiver more, too. I mean, I guess they have Kelsey, but... Bills have digs. They don't really have much else. So maybe the Bills need it more just to get pressure off of him. But 
Yeah, the Chiefs. I'm like that. That's the better team. If the Chiefs get even better than they are with somebody like Hopkins, which I don't think Hopkins is done. I thought he looked pretty good in Arizona last year. I was curious because I was like, you know, PED. Sometimes after you get that suspension and you can't do it anymore, that guy doesn't look the same. But he looked about the same. So, <laughs> um, yeah, he was great with bad quarterback play. I I would prefer not Kansas City. Buffalo would also stink. Not to say like that's, you know, go to Buffalo. Who cares? Like that would also suck. But the Chiefs one would stink more because they're just they're the better team. They've got the better quarterback. They're they've got the better head coach. You know, all of that. They're probably gonna use him really well. And what's the Chiefs' main weakness when you look at it right now? MVS is their number one re- receiver. Tony. They're saying Tony I can, know. can Tony will be hurt by week three. That's true. I died. I mean, that's also, just he he's so fun, but mm-hmm. he's never done. He's never really done anything. <laughs> like I feel like we get these things. That, he had that one huge game for New York, um, and everybody kind of like, "Whoa, Tony has Tony's here!" And like the highlights are really cool because he's Super got, Bowl. got stupid like stop start and whatnot. But um, when you look at it, it's like he's he's a lot of people coming up with what he could be and not what he currently is. So I don't know. I'm not to say Tony can't become some great receiver this year, but he's not there right now. I still think it's MVS really Kelsey's their number one receiver. And then you work Mm -hmm. from there where MVS is kind of like your number two receiver. And then I do think it's Tony over like sky Moore for number three. (laughs) Yeah. John Ross is making a comeback. Him and Justin, who's got the better chance of being on the active roster next year? I mean, they they do have some wide receivers on their on their squad that you know health is something to watch out for because if the, if they can all stay healthy, then I'm not putting John Ross in that category. No offense, to John Ross. I j- I just I haven't seen it in his mm-hmm. NFL career. Um, two. but but maybe. Oh, sorry. I was just thinking. Two Hopkins landing spots I don't think you mentioned. The New York Giants, who are technically a contender. They made the playoffs last year. Yeah. And they have nothing at wide receiver. It's worse than Kansas City, I think. Yeah. So that Who's one, your other one? Uh, well, the other one is who wants to stick it to, <laughs> to the Cardinals at all. The 49ers. <laughs> so. They've got two. They've got two great ones. Well, good. They have to keep up with the Eagles. Yeah, you've got Ayuk, you've got Debo, and then of course you have like McCaffrey who is going to get a lot of targets, and you have Kittle who's the second best tight end in the league. And then you look at yeah. that, like, well, there is a spot. There's there's a lot of snaps to go around. There's one missing guy on the piece, you know, like who's the quarterback? I don't know. Who's uh, it won't matter. How much money do the they Niners- have? This is out of spite. <laughs> The Niners are one of those teams around the league because I don't think you can say this about a lot of teams, and I don't feel that way in Cincinnati. If you're if you're without your quarterback, like it just feels like it, it's it's not going to go well. But the Niners, it feels like they can just plug a guy in and they'll be fine because of mm-hmm. all the talent around them too. So and Kyle Shanahan, and Kyle Shanahan, yeah, I, I think that would be. I like DeAndre to the Niners. Honestly, I just want somebody to go over to the NFC side. I think. Uh, and, and I'm going to say, oh, I love the NFC side, and then I'm going to throw an AFC team out there. What if he went back home to the Texans? <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> um, rookie quarterback, if he doesn't care about chasing the ring, I think Carolina also makes a lot of sense. If you mm, wanted, I think to he cares about chasing. I think he cares that. about the ring. Yeah, so I don't think he's doing Texans or Carolina. New England would be probably the second funniest one. 
just because Bill mm-hmm. O'Brien is the offensive coordinator again. It's like, yeah, he sent you away, but you know, he could draw up plays for you. <laughs> Remember those Texan days? <laughs> they could really use it. You're going to do just fine in this offense. I think that would be fun just because of the hype in the AFC East. I mean, some people would even throw out the New York Jets um, as a sure. place. But I He's 30-plus and a free agent. I'm 100%. Cleveland, ooh. Hey, the Cleveland ooh. fans keep telling me their wide receiver group is like top three. What do they need DeAndre Hopkins for? What are they so excited about? Where's the room? I saw it. Well, I saw a meme today. Yeah, Deshaun and, like, and Hopkins again. Sorry, Nick mentioned that, and that is the one reason that it really could happen. It's just, I know we don't like him, but I don't think the NFL players are all, especially his former teammates, are all that, that way. Oh, yeah, 100%. I know everybody will, will have different mindsets about that and, and going and playing with someone who they, they once played with in, on an NFL team. But um, I want everything to burn and just fail. <laughs> In Cleveland, I want them to fail there. So DeAndre, I'd like you to, you know, have a shot for an, with another team. Um, you know, I, I honestly would rather not be in Kansas City or Buffalo. Uh, keep him out of the AFC North. That would be great too. I don't see him going to Baltimore. I feel like they went ahead and they 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 overpaid for Odell. Um, you already gave your bag to Lamar, and I'm sounding like someone's like, "How are you going to pay everyone?" I hate that talk. Um, I just don't think he's. I don't see Baltimore. As one of the teams, even though Jeremy Fowler, I want to say he added Baltimore in the mix. Some of the teams that would have a little bit of interest, of course, have interest in a, in a really good wide receiver. But he, you know, he's getting on the other side of 30. Um, still a good player. I just, I'd rather him go to the NFC. But I like the Giants. Giants and make it, a lot and, of sense. If, yeah. if Brian Dabble, Dable can convince him that they are a contender, because, you know, he might look at that team and go like, Daniel Jones and what is this offense? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like that. Um, the Niners is a good one. I just, other than that, I feel like we mentioned pretty much we mentioned like ten teams. He's yeah, gonna go to yeah, a, a ton of teams. And to throw one other one that I think would be funny out there would be the Broncos. Ooh, I wish that was him. <laughs> At least Sean Payton's there. He's probably he's probably better than Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, I don't know if Russ is going to get better. No, I, I actually do think my hot take on that is he's cooked. But I think he'll look better this year just because he's got better coaching. But I, I don't think you're going to come anywhere close to prime Russ. You're hoping for a different version of Russ that loves handing the ball off. Jaguars? Yeah. That's a, that's an off-the-wall off that one. That could be fun. That's a sleeper. That's a sleeper. I actually saw on Twitter today. They said nobody's talking about the Jags and and having him. Calvin with, Ridley, with Christian Kirk, oh, yeah. Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that's that's fun. It's a lot of fun for the offense. I don't. We don't have any idea logistically how this works because I'm pretty sure the 49ers have like zero money. And I threw that one out there, and it's a very fun option. How does it work? I don't know. It's a, cap's fake. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's officially released, so I feel like this stuff That's is going to get get the ball rolling. That's a crazy, you know, part. man. How did how do yes. you not get even like a, a fifth, fourth round pick for that guy? Explain this to me because I I don't want to sound silly because all of the number stuff just absolutely just blows my mind away sometimes when it comes to salary caps. Arizona could have said, "Look, we're going to pay this much of it. We're going to trade you DeAndre, and you only have to pay this chunk of money." Right? Uh, oh, what they're doing is getting the cap hit all out now when they know they're going to stink. 
So it could have been a lesser cap hit, but some of it would have been for next year. And they probably think they're going to be pretty good next year while this year is going to stink for them. And nobody wanted to take that chunk of change no, for Dan. I guess not. Or at least they knew that Arizona was willing to release it. Like that sometimes happens where you just know a team is willing to release a guy. So you don't actually send the offer. Yeah. Um, and they had some information or at least were willing to play enough hardball that Hopkins was not going to be there and they'd have a chance to sign him for free. Yeah, I, I'm really I, – I can't wait to see what the number is because it does feel like a one-year deal with mm-hmm. a team. 124. Yeah, and I, uh, just for what the Ravens did with Odell, I don't see him going there. Look, I could be completely wrong. Um, it just feels like – it feels like it's Kansas City. It really does. It just Kansas feels – kind of dragging like, their feet a little bit though. Like they should really? just throw the bag at him, but they keep coming out with like Tony's our number one, and they've got lukewarm interest, or they, you know, they're they're not trying they're to break doing the that. bank. It could all just be nonsense GM talk and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then I'm listening to New Heights and Travis Kelsey's talk about how do we get DeAndre Hopkins for whatever. And uh, but from just face value, looking at everything that they keep saying, I'm like, dude, just sign him. Him and Bu- them in Buffalo. I'm like, you guys need this guy. You're a contender. You, Throw a little money. You out. 100% do. And I still have faith that Lou can stop you. I still have <laughs> faith. Add DeAndre Lou. I still have faith. But I would rather, DeAndre, if you're listening, friend of the show, I would rather you go to the NFC. Please. Mm-hmm. And DeAndre, friend of the show, know you're listening. If you want to announce where you're going. Yeah. And we'll keep we'll the secret for a day. Like 100%. Or live stream it. You know, come right on. Yeah, but if you join the Browns, we don't want you on this podcast. No, no. Sorry. That that one no. I that that wouldn't be great. That wouldn't be I wouldn't I wouldn't enjoy that move. I wouldn't say that would be one of my favorite off-season moves or anything like that. But for me personally, I, I think all of that is just GM talk when it comes to Kansas City. Um, I feel like that they can end up saying, like, look. We have the resume. We have Patrick Mahomes. Come join us. You can be our wide receiver number one. And mm-hmm. DeAndre's like, where do I sign? That would be such and an easy pitch. Like the Giants and whoever else. I guess the 49ers could do that too. But the Giants and whoever else, they're probably just – they're fighting uphill. They're like, did, did you get a good offer from Kansas City and Buffalo? No? Okay, good. Let's start. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I want to know. And I feel like we would – I feel like end of week – DeAndre will be on a team and we'll... I thought that about Zeke at one point. I was like, you know, he's a big enough name. He'll probably just sign somewhere before the draft. (laughs) After the draft. June. (laughs) I mean, where is Zeke going to go? No idea. Uh, It's hard to find fits for running backs anymore. Mm -hmm. Like the Bengals make sense, but I, I don't think they're interested. It would have to be a low number. It would really have to be a low number just because, I mean, I don't – I just I, – I, I, it really felt like it at one point during this offseason. Like, okay, well, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can keep Joe Mixon too, but are you having that conversation with Joe Mixon and saying, hey, you're going to go from 12 mil to 6 mil. We're going to take some of your running back money and we're going to give it to another running back. You guys are going to work together on this offense. Um, you know, I just don't – I don't see it happening. Maybe Zeke wants a better situation and obviously, you know, injuries happen in the NFL and he goes to another team early on in the season during training camp. That's when Peterson. there's a lot of 
Adrian Peterson over the last five years of his career, he just wait till somebody's injured and then he's starting for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm convinced that Adrian Peterson could come back and still play and be a dominant. I don't know. Back. Le'Veon Bell beat him in the boxing ring. Did you see Le'Veon wanted to um, go back to the Steelers for a few reps in preseason and retire a Steeler? Yeah. He's a. Uh, does he have a podcast? Why does he keep coming in the news? <laughs> Was he I don't just know. going on the? <laughs> has he just found the way to just make headlines? Is just going on somewhere and saying something like that? That one's not that outrageous. The one was like fighting perfect, which sure, <laughs> fine. A lot of guys probably want to, but that whole thing was just like, this is crazy, man. You guys should have settled this like ten years ago. Well, it's so cra- again. That's showing you that that like they just that division doesn't. They don't like each other. And in that, and even when the the seasons are over, they're like we do not like each other. We don't like each other. Isn't it crazy that Von says perfect was the one that was like maybe we should battle it out and like charity golf or something <laughs> like that? I was like. Vontez perfect. There you go. Coming up with like a good thing, uh, you know, a, a good ending to this. Um, but I do, I, 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 I will always love that, you know, that rivalry. It, it's still there um, for, for all the players in the AFC North. Reminds you of time. like old, older football, like the seventies AFC West and the eighties NFC North where they would talk the same. It's like, I don't, I don't care who it is. I don't care who it was on that team. I don't want to ever talk to them or see them again. Or, you know, if I see that guy, I'm going to fight him. It's like an 80 year old man saying this. <laughs> yeah. They just don't like each other. They don't. But, um, but yeah, Deandre Hopkins, by the next time we record, which will be Thursday, he'll probably land on a team. But, um, if he wants to, again, if you want to come on the show and let us know where you're going to go, that would be great. Um, I do vote on the NFC side. I know you're going to be busy and you took a little bit of a break though, because you had a lot of stuff up on all Bengals. What's up there right now? I'm getting one more article done and then it is the off season for me where I'm not going to write for like two months. I don't know, probably start again in August or late July. But I am going to get the, uh, I almost said Chris Evans. No, the new fifth round running back, <laughs> Chase Brown. I'm going to get an article up on him, and then it is it is break time. <sighs> I just, uh, the Bengals being good now makes it hard because the season is so long. <laughs> that if I'll take it every day of the week. <laughs> I know, me too. I, I love it, but I do think it's just like, whew, writing. I, I want to do stuff, but the body's not as willing as it was early in the season. So I also like taking that break just because I get so I get excited again to start writing. And then I'm watching preseason film and writing about it. Whereas if you ask me to do that right at this moment, I go ah, preseason film, huh? <laughs> when when Joe signs his extension, the only thing you'll have to do is play go to my article and I talk everything Joe Burrow and then it'll just say Joe Burrow is really good. And people will click on that. People Don't break on that. That's all you need. A good breakdown of, of Joe Burrow. Uh, but you know it's the off season when we are talking about the Los Angeles Rams, Chris Evans, and DeAndre Hopkins. So um thank you. If you made it to the end of this podcast, we really appreciate you. <laughs> um Thursday. The problem is, I mean, if the Bengals could just, you know, add some more fun news, nothing bad, just fun, exciting news at their offseason programs. We will continue to talk about that. We should, as long as nothing changes, have a guest on Thursday. I'm really excited about that. It'll be Friday when you guys hear it. And then we'll do a double header mailbag. So make sure you send those questions. Really great stuff last week. Appreciate you guys following along over on Twitter. Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at Ellen Diaz Patterson. And thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.